0: I'm Jared. I'm Marcus.
1: Level with us. Hello and welcome to the show where we have a cozy video game discussion every week. And this week we are talking about Death's Door by Acid Nerve, which we played on the Nintendo Switch. And uh, Acid Nerve developed uh, an indie game a few years ago called Titan Souls. Did you hear about this one, Marcus? Yeah, I've heard about it. I've never had the opportunity to play it. The premise is basically kind of like a Shadow of the Colossus theme where it's a string of boss battles, and all of them can die in one hit. Uh, mm. But you can also die in one hit. So it's just kind of learning the patterns and... You know, it, it was a kind of a fun premise and I, I enjoyed it. I didn't beat it, but uh, I've played quite a bit of it. So Death's Door, their newest game, was actually gifted to us by one of my friends and listeners of the show. So a very special thank you to Dan. And uh, Marcus, what'd you think of this game? Twas very fun. Uh, this is an action-adventure
0: isometric game. I also get some, a little bit of Metroidvania vibes, not in terms of like perspective but just in terms you're looking for locks and keys in addition to fighting baddies um, it's kind of got a Souls-y type combat where it's it's can be it's fairly all punishing. about the dodge
1: rolls mm-hmm. and getting out of the way and learning your enemies' patterns so that you can punish them yeah but just in terms of vibe aesthetic uh, very cool uh,
0: very consistent and artistic.
1: Yeah, you, you play as a crow in this game, which I think is kind of adorable, um, and you, you, are, you work for this, like, Reaper's Commission, where you go after people who have been living their lives too long, uh, who have been avoiding death, and you're there to, to kind of recapture those souls, which is a really fun premise. I actually, I really liked the world building um, and uh, some of the environments were, were very cool to look at. I will say this game took a while for me to click with it. Uh, I just, I part of it is the difficulty. I really wish there were difficulty options, um, partially because I just don't have time to play a boss uh, a bazillion times. In fact, uh, if you're watching the YouTube version of this show, I'm pretty sure 90% of the footage is me dying to the same boss over and over and over. <laughs> Because that's where I was at in the game, and uh, I, I'm just not a big fan of that. And I know some people, it's really rewarding to them to like finally get past that point. But I'm more like, my time is precious. I'd really prefer if I could just play through the game.
0: My time is precious, which is why I spend time watching YouTube videos and on... playing video games. yeah, that's exactly. right <laughs> Now I know who, who am I to judge? Who am I to judge? I just spent, Who knows how many hours this week playing Hearthstone. Oh, should we do an episode on it? You know, I feel like I wouldn't have... It's one of those things where it's like you either have too little or too much to say about it. So might as well not say anything at all.
1: (laughs) Well, going back to Death's Door... um... I, I finally did hit a point where it was starting to click for me a little bit, but it kind of came a little too late into my playthrough for me to really get a lot out of this game. Now, it's not necessarily a particularly long game, but it was long for me uh, because it was it was hard to get through. Um, but that being said, like I said, the, the world is really cool. Uh, I like the graphics and the music, too. I thought the music was beautiful throughout the game. Um, humor as well. I don't know if you encountered any of the, uh, the jokes the game has, but... There's there's actually some stand up moments I quite liked. Well, tell me a stand up moment. Do do a little bit of stand up for me. I can't do a stand up moment, but there was a there was a boss. You know, each boss has like a name and then sometimes a subtitle. And there's one where they they did the name and they did a subtitle and they did a smaller subtitle and then it waited about five seconds and then they added another subtitle and then another 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 until the whole <laughs> screen was just text. Oh, that's and, awesome. Uh, that's the kind of humor I can I, I really enjoy and appreciate. <sighs> that's awesome. Yeah, it reminds me of the part where he kills you in Portal. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Question for you: I see the appeal of the combat. Um, like I said, it wasn't my favorite, or at least it took a while before I really understood the appeal of it. Um, but part of that for me was like it kind of felt like I had input lag. Like I would hit roll, and it would take a few seconds. Well, not a few seconds, but you know what I'm saying. Did did you get that impression, or is that just if me? it's a few seconds, then that that's a that's a problem. <laughs>
0: You know, the thing that I was gonna, like, my star piece and my quick jab, or, you know, a good thing and a bad thing, both deal with the combat system. Well, should we just jump into those,
1: then? Let's do it, yeah. Alright, we'll do star pieces first. This is the part of the show where we talk about a cool little detail that we found in our playthrough that we want to share with each other, or just something we generally liked about the game. Uh, So, for me, there is a a little restaurant that you find later in the game, um, a little ramen noodle shop. And uh, there's not a lot of animations in this game. Like, there's not too many cutscenes. Uh, but they they did have an animation where the crow is holding chopsticks and then tosses the chopsticks aside and just digs into the ramen uh, with its beak. And I found that very adorable, and I love that they included that. So that's my star piece. That's a good star
0: piece. Man, this is a great show. We have star pieces like that. That's awesome. The star piece I was going to mention is... I actually kind of like the mechanic of you get arrows back when you do melee hits with your sword. I feel like that's a, a cool balancing thing, and I know the other games do it, but I think for a game like this where, you know, encounters are pretty deadly and bosses can be pretty tough, it's cool that it kind of incentivizes balancing both close combat and faraway combat, kind of like how in Hollow Knight you can heal up your souls or masks or whatever they're called by fighting people so you can't like just play it super passive you have to like get in there and take risks
1: yeah i I like actually liked that mechanic too it was fun to uh run out of arrows and then dive in to to hit land a few hits and then run away to shoot arrows again that was that's a nice little loop in the combat for sure well i guess that's all the nice things we have to say so uh let's move to quick jabs and Jeff This is the part of the show where we complain about the game for just a little bit. And, I, you know, i got to be transparent. I didn't love this game. Like I said, it took a while for me to click with it, and there's a lot of things I liked about it, uh, but I didn't love it. So so I've got, uh, you know, a couple little things, but I'd like you to go first before I uh, open those floodgates.
0: Yeah, my quick jab is more of a question. How long do you think is too long for uh, the opposite of cooldown, wind up? I'm talking about input lag. I'm talking about, like, when you press a button, and then they, like, pose, and then they hold, and then they slash, and usually it's to make it feel like a powerful attack.
1: Yes, that would be... Anticipation? Yes, yes. I would say the wind-up or, like, the anticipation frames. There are games that choose to have longer anticipation times, Mm -hmm. and that's part of the
0: challenge. So, like, I'm kind of curious if you have opinions on how long is, is too long. Like, I'm talking... Ganondorf's Down Tilt in Smash Bros. Ultimate. Do you know what that is? <laughs> yes, yes I do. It's one where he puts up his foot yes. and it's like a full second, maybe three, but I don't know.
1: Yeah, I, I, it would be nice if uh, it was more instantaneous when you click the button, but you're right in that it depends on the genre of game. Um, like you said, Dark Souls, if you're wielding a heavy weapon, you better be prepared to let the the anticipation begin and take a little bit of time before it swings in um I guess for me that didn't I it wasn't just the combat it was really just everything I felt like even just tilting the stick always Mm, kind of and I played in docked and handheld and it kind of was the same issue for both and I don't know if that's something other people experienced um but you know like I said eventually I started to you know kind of understand where it's at but yeah i can totally get behind that it's it wasn't my favorite at least compared to something like zelda where you know you press y and you swing your sword mm-hmm. right away yeah i think it's probably just an unfamiliarity of me with the genre
0: but like i never used the heavy slash you know like you can do a slash oh, where you like I hold for either. a second then use it it's like i'm not skilled enough to or not patient enough to notice the patterns where i can use that i feel helpless kind of Posing and holding, so that's not really a critique of this game. Just s- sort of an observation that.
1: Well, like... you know, quick jabs don't have to be critiques. They can just be whining, and they don't you, have to be fair to. either. Yeah, yeah we're that's not right. exactly uh,
0: on our own podcast. We're jury, judge, and executioner.
1: We like just say things how it is, and that that's just the way it is. <laughs> you know, and I think it's my turn to be executioner now. Um, <laughs> you, you mentioned you didn't like the the wind up before attacks. Now, there's actually something you can upgrade that allows you to swing your sword faster in between Mm. slashes. Uh, But my quick jab is that the progression feels almost non-existent to me in this game. Is it pretty incremental? It's so incremental. That's what I wrote down. Incremental (laughs) micro-progression. I upgraded strength all the way, which took countless souls or whatever you, you get experience from enemies. And, like... There were some enemies that usually took three hits that <laughs> only took two. And that wasn't until I finally got the fifth upgrade. Mm. Like, I felt none of the damage buffs. And also, it doesn't tell you by how much. It doesn't no tell percentage. you percentages. Mm-mm. Nothing. So, I, I, the whole game, and I I don't know, maybe some people prefer that, but I did not feel more powerful at the end of the game than I did at the beginning. Besides, like in knowing the combat system better. And I think that's what they're going for. I think it's more like a roguelike. It's not a roguelike, but it's more like a roguelike in that they want you to become more familiar, become more skilled as you play. Uh, but for me like I really need I really need some kind of progression because the trinkets you gather in this game they don't do anything. They're just a collectible. They don't modify your your combat there's only a couple weapons, and I only found one of them in my whole playthrough. Like I said, there's the upgrades, but they're so micro you never notice them. And then there's health and magic upgrades, but I only upgraded both once uh, because they're really hard to find. And yeah, maybe I could have explored more. But again, it wasn't calling my name coming back. Like I, It wasn't grabbing me uh, like some games do. Like in a Zelda game where you're always getting an item. I get what you're saying. Yeah, there are games generally, I think, that
0: kind of go with the extremely incremental progression, and yeah, I also don't love that. There are some genres that sort of necessitate it, like MMO RPGs or, like, competitive games where it's like every percentage matters, but for just a single-player action-adventure game, I feel like being kind of stingy with the upgrades, I don't know. It, it, it doesn't feel great to be like, oh, my attack, even like 25% more damage when most enemies
1: are like three attacks, that means there's no noticeable change. So Right. You know, the next time I pick up this game, I'll be able to take it at its own terms a little better. You know, expectations can sometimes get in the way of really enjoying a game. Uh, so now that I know what this game is like and what it's about, now that I've played through the main story... Um, I think I can certainly enjoy it more in the future. so and I can totally understand people really liking this game. It just, like I said, didn't really click for me. Yeah. with that, let's move on to who's the fake fan? The fake fan? This is where Marcus and I try to stump each other with nerdy trivia questions. Marcus, the floor is yours. Well all this talk about move speed and uh,
0: move slowness and anticipation. Tell me how many iframes you get when you make a dodge roll. You're not far off, Um, so I I want you to name just any character in Smash Bros. Any character? Yeah. Link. Okay. Link. And then, one other character. Oh boy. Young Link. Young Link. Uh, Now, I want you to name a move that Link has. That Link has? Yes. Boomerang. The Boomerang Throw. Okay, that would be his side B. Okay.
1: Marcus, what (laughs) does this have to do with Death Store?
0: Uh Young Link. Uh name a move of his. Bombs. Bombs. Okay, which of those two moves takes more frames to start up? (laughs) To start up? Yeah. Which one has more startup frames? Boomerang. Correct. Hey, we were just rolling the dice for the start there, but hey, you got it. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. How many more frames? How, how much longer no. does it take? Not a clue. Exactly 10. Apparently 27 frames startup, uh, according to ultimateframedata.com. It's really uh, important
1: that you study these if you're going to be a pro player.
0: It's really important that you understand hitboxes. Like, if you, you just you can't do tournament play if you don't understand frames and, and hitboxes, and, and
1: that's sh- definitely a part. It is fascinating to hear somebody who is a pro like explain yeah. those things. Those things actually do matter. We just are uh, filthy casuals. Well, Marcus, for you, uh, I've got a question about the main character in Death's Store, who is a crow. Or and are in fact, they? There are no, it, it's a crow. Okay. And there are many crows you meet throughout the game. What is a group of crows called? Oh, well, there's a parliament of
0: owls. Um, I think it's a murder of a murder of crows. Correct.
1: <laughs> I thought a murder of ravens. What is a crow? Is it a, a killing? Uh, Not all my fake fan questions will be incredibly difficult. I got to keep you on your toes. I got to give you a low ball now and then, you know? Yeah. I mean, I did that too this week. So R- Right before this podcast, <laughs> I was like anxiously typing facts about crows. <laughs> uh, there wasn't anything uh, worth worth talking about. I was like, what is a baby crow? A chick. Oh. Like, shoot. What <laughs> What is an old crow called? A crow. Oh, okay. Well, we have just enough time left for some rabbit holes, so let's roll into those. (laughs) This is the part of the show where we get to talk about something not related to our current discussion, and uh, there was an earlier episode where you brought a book to Rabbit Holes, and uh, I promised at the end of that episode that I would read it and then come report back to you (gasps) on the podcast.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: The last few weeks I've been reading The Seven and a Half Deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle, which is a time loop murder mystery where uh, this guy wakes up uh, for eight days. He wakes up in a different body of a group of people at an estate where a murder takes place at the end of the day, and he has to solve the mystery. You, you pitched that way better than I usually do. Oh, really? Yeah, I think so. I'll have to listen back to how I pitched it, but... That was good. Yeah, um, which is a fun hook. I love Agatha Christie, so I like seeing kind of a more modern science fiction supernatural spin on it. Um, Mm -hmm. And there's some really cool moments. There's some some things in the mystery that hooked me and engaged me. But uh, actually, at the very end of the book, when they finally reveal the murderer, I was at that point way more invested in the world that this takes place in than I was, like the whodunit aspect um, which which kind of surprised me so yeah uh, you know when you start to learn like why this is happening and what's going on and what the world is like yeah it's it's really interesting and there's like a QA and a with the author at the end uh, where he there is yeah where he kind of talks about a couple things about that world which is really cool but yeah I I really liked it so thank you for the recommendation thank you for reading it and thank you for letting me turn this podcast into a book club it was already a book club we just only do video games for our book club (laughs) yeah I recommend it to anyone who finds that premise interesting although I will put like a little violence warning Um, if you're particularly squeamish there are a couple kind of parts that get a little dark but otherwise I think it's uh, very very enjoyable uh, it really hooks you. So did you want to share a rabbit hole before we wrap it up? Sure thing. Uh, I'll let you decide. Do you want me to talk about a uh, video game or a book? <laughs> well, I talked about a book. And if you talk about another book, now I'm going to have to read that one. Uh, oh, good, good point. So let's talk about the book.
0: Project Hail Mary by Andy Weir. I don't remember the author's name. I think that's the author's name. Uh, the guy who wrote The Martian. Uh, the premise of this one. Uh, I can't say too much, but the beginning, just starts with uh, a person who wakes up on a spaceship with no recollection of how he got there. So it's like the Martian, but with an amnesiac and it does some pretty cool things. So yeah, it's, it's a guy in a spaceship. It's got that same like science, heavy science fiction going on that the Martian did with like a lot of metric uh, units used as the main character sciences his way through problems. Um, and that Scratch is a very niche, uh, particular itch you know, like, it's, it's fascinating to just see someone use smarts to solve problems and the way the author writes it it's always it always feels feasible which is not always how science fiction is it's, I think, really impressive whenever I read science fiction where I kind of shrug and I'm like yeah, sounds right cool, you know there, there doesn't have to be that much suspension of disbelief
1: So the Martian is that way too? They take a grounded approach to explaining how things work?
0: Yeah, there's there's like a whole chapter where he's talking about how he's going to grow potatoes in his place using his own fertilizer and all this stuff. You know, he'll introduce a concept and you know I'm like, oh, that doesn't sound like a real thing. And then the character will be like, which
1: is a real thing from this thing. And I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, okay. That's kind of fun. You know, that, you're reminding me, that I know this is a different genre entirely, but something I like about the Zero Escape series is that uh, uh-huh. Uchikoshi, the main writer and creator of that series, will use real-world conspiracies mm, to, uh, right. to kind of describe and understand his science fiction. Whenever there's a science fiction aspect mm-hmm. or a concept that seems supernatural, he will always attribute it to some paradox or some theory uh, that was thought up of. Um, so I can definitely appreciate that. That's cool. So are you still in the middle of the book or have you finished it? I'm probably about three fourths of the way through. All right. Well, let me know what you think and I'll add it to the, the other stack of books. I still need to. Jared to. takes a deep sigh within his soul. Because I have to I have to to report another. on No, no, I, I'd love to check it out sometime. All right. Well, that will do it for this episode. So thank you very much to all our listeners. Uh, we really appreciate you and thanks for your patience between episodes we'll be back next time to talk some more games but until then i'm jared i'm marcus and we'll level with you next time so death 's door uh was actually gifted to us by one of our listeners, so I want to give a special can we can we call listeners
0: that are friends friends? Can we call him a friend?
1: one of our levelers uh decided to
0: <laughs> one of you level knots out there <laughs> one of you wait, wait wait wait, I got it.
1: one of you level withers we call him withers we'll do star pieces first this is the part of the show where we call this is the part of a show. <laughs> This is the part of the show where we talk about a cute little... Oh my gosh, Marcus. <laughs>